welcome to the Global Discussion, discussions with creatives, leaders and thinkers. My name is Simon Hodgkins and today it's a real pleasure to be joined by Mel Kentish. Mel, you're very welcome to the show. Let's begin by asking you to share a little bit about yourself and your journey for our worldwide audience. Over to you, Mel. Thank you for having me. So yeah, my name is Mel um, and I am the founder and CEO of Dopamine Studios which is a digital talent management company and also influence marketing agency. Um, so I have been in the industry far too long, over 17 years now. It was back when blogs were a thing. Um, and so during that time, I've worked for multiple agencies and brands. Um, most notoriously, I think, uh, was my work at Sky, where we launched a, a huge ambassador program with over 200 ambassadors. Um, and then more recently as the managing partner of Gleam, futures um, before finally going on to take the brave step to do it for myself to try and do things slightly differently. That's great and thanks very much for, for setting that context and I want to get into a little bit about what this digital you know this new breed of talent management agency type work is all about because some people might understand the world of influencers other people kind of looks like it's been a little bit messy maybe over the years or maybe there's a bit of tidying up to do there but could you maybe talk to us a little bit about that huge program that you did for Sky and Sky a globally recognized brand um, and, and how that sort of led into I suppose Gleam Futures and what made you take the step uh, to decide that look I want to really do something different here and where did Dopamine Studios come from and how does it sort of differentiate itself? Could you maybe take us through that those little steps that you mentioned there? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I joined Sky and if I'm honest, I came back from maternity leave, took a job at much lower level than I had previously been at because I wanted to get back into the space. Um, and I was told at the time that influencer marketing wasn't going to be a thing. We weren't going to have budget. Um, at the time, it was kind of ad hoc teams doing a bit of outreach here and there and literally just gifting. So never paid campaigns. Um, and then gradually, I managed to persuade Sky to do their first paid campaign and managed to get all of this insight and data, which meant that we could I could present it back like a media plan, which was what they were more used to seeing. Um, and so from that, you can then obviously start to prove the success that it's having. And so we did a number of different campaigns to the point at which I kind of said, look, rather than re-educating audiences every time by using different creators, how about we have this pool of ambassadors who are known to be um, sky advocates that we use for different campaigns, be that entertainment or product, because they obviously have their TVs, um, they have mobile. So how about we start using these, these voices? So we started off with a group of 50 ambassadors and then quite quickly over the period of 12 months realized that that was becoming really quite saturated quickly and we needed to grow that program. And in the meanwhile, we were taking all of the data from that um, and from the campaigns that we were running, we were running it through Econometrics, which demonstrated that it was one of the most efficient channels that Sky was using their marketing spend through. Um, and so we grew the program to 200 ambassadors. Um, and a multi, multi-million pound budget every year, um, which to, to this day is still up and going, um, is still very, very successful and probably one of my proudest achievements to date, um, I think. And so 
the biggest launch when I was at Sky was for Sky Glass. We had all 200 ambassadors go live at exactly the same time. Um, it's definitely not something looking back, I think, is best practice, and I would encourage everyone to do. Um, but it was definitely a first of its kind and kind of got Sky um, on the map in terms of the work they were doing with ambassadors. Um, and we had made just such inroads in terms of getting the brand to understand that creators have their own voice. You have to let go of creative freedom um, and kind of let them bring it to life in their own way. And so I kind of felt that I'd, I'd done my job and everything was very slick and I'm a bit of a glutton for punishment. So when I got approached about the job at Gleam, I kind of thought to myself, okay, in two years, would I be able to make the same difference at Sky as I could do at Gleam? Because they were obviously going through this transitional phase and I thought that actually Gleam was going to be the place where I was going to be able to make the most impact. Um, and so that saw me kind of moving over to Gleam. Um, and that lasted just under a year. Um, really proud of the work that myself and the team did there in terms of diversifying the roster, um, lobbying government for um, parliamentary changes in terms of beauty filters being used on social media. Um, we had our first out of home campaign uh, which for a digital company, I know for anyone else, it doesn't sound like a big thing. But for me, I was like, oh, my God, look, mum, there's a poster. That's our work. Um, so that was really, really great. But I quickly realised that actually I've got a very clear vision in terms of what I want to be able to do. Um, and hands up, I'm not very good at following rules. I like to make the rules and to break the rules. Um, and that's not always the case when you're in a big corporate. And so... I really wanted to take all of the learnings that I've got from Sky, from Gleam, and to go out. And I've always wanted a brand of my own. So actually to be able to create the culture um, and to see that come to life through the creators that we work, but also um, the, the brand work that we do as well has just been really satisfying. Yeah, so from, I suppose, group director of influence at Sky, a huge, yeah. a huge program, uh, and, you know, I know you're a managing partner then at, at Gleam Futures and the work that you did there. But then you, you're you sort of involved in this new um, startup, I suppose, at the at the time, you know, yeah. what is now Dopamine Studios. And as the founder, how did you find that? Because obviously from working with big clients and big global organizations to then all of a sudden creating your own uh, studio uh, was that was that very very different are you are you enjoying it was it hard work how, how did you find that experience I love it I absolutely adore it um, and I think everything leads you to where you are today and actually one of the reasons that I went to Gleam from Sky was that I was just doing influence marketing and so we had done all of these different campaigns and they all had a different look and feel but actually it was always influence marketing and when I went to Gleam there was an opportunity to do talent management to learn about publishing podcasts broadcasts and really developing talent IP and that's what I feel really really passionately about and so I think with dopamine, it's the best of both worlds. I realise quite quickly I'm a people person. I'm very hands-on. So I'm doing all the talent management myself. Um, but really, really like harnessing the skills of these creators to go, how do we make this bigger? Like, I don't want to do just an Instagram deal 
for a brand where they're going to hold something, promote it and move on something tomorrow. For me, it's like, what is your essence? How do we bring that to life in different channels so that it lasts? And they have long lasting careers beyond just social. And that really excites me. Um, but then in the meanwhile, on the influence marketing side, um, we have some really big brands. Um, and so I'm still kind of getting my, uh, my dip in there, if you like. Um, and I think the way that we've approached it is a bit different from other agencies. A lot of other agencies will only do influence marketing. If they do the strategy, they do the execution, they want to kind of hold those relationships with the talent that they work with. Whereas I've kind of come at it from a super nanny kind of approach, I guess, which is I can see that brands are starting to in-house influence marketing, which makes absolute sense because they want to hold those relationships. But actually, a lot of the time they don't know where to begin. And so we will then get involved in creating the strategy, in recruiting the team, upskilling the team, giving them the toolkits, and then being kind of a guiding hand as and when they need it but ultimately helping them to take it in-house, um, but to the best of their abilities. So that's been really great fun as well. And I know you're a big proponent on what you're discussing there, because one of your sort of key attributes at Dopamine Studios is you you really shy away from these, I suppose what a term in the industry is restrictive or maybe unfair contracts, and you, you go about that mm. a very different way. Uh, and also ethics seem to be very much center stage for what you do could you maybe talk about those two areas particularly in the context of influencer marketing because I think they're very critical points aren't they yeah absolutely and I think this space is still evolving it's evolving massively and ultimately when you look at many of the many of the contracts that were in place it's looking at traditional talent so be that broadcast or music whereby you do a lot of work and yet you don't get to see that come to fruition maybe for a few years down the line and that's why the whole sunset clause existed in the first place um whereas for me I'm really interested in opening up the playing field I think working with other agencies with other talent management companies because when we all come together and we share best practices and learnings that's when the industry grows as a whole as opposed to competing against one another so I feel firstly really passionately about that um, but then when it comes to things like our talent management contracts um, we don't have any restrictive covenants in there because we would rather focus on making sure our talent are really, really happy and want to stay as opposed to being contractually obliged to do so. Ultimately, if a talent doesn't want to be managed by you anymore, you're not going to help the relationship by having them kind of sewn in there. Um, and so I would rather focus all of our efforts on doing the best possible work with our clients as opposed to kind of um, tying them down with those contracts. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Thank, thank you for expanding on that. Um... I suppose the other thing I want to ask you before we move on to a few other different type of questions in the, the space that you're involved in, uh, some people may have tried influencer marketing in the past and maybe it didn't work out the way they planned. Uh, maybe they've heard good and bad stories. And I suppose the question I'm getting to is, do you still think there's a lot of education that needs to go on with brands about the benefits of this area that you're so closely involved in? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think marketing teams and marketing directors are used to 
craft and these beautiful campaigns where they control the tone of voice, they control the look and feel, they control the quality of the content going out. And so therefore something more lo-fi if it's going on TikTok doesn't necessarily sit comfortably with them. Um, and quite often you'll get a brief and it's like, yes, we want you to bring it to life in your own way. However, if you could use this wording, um, and obviously as soon as you do that, then it loses all authenticity. Um, and that's where you find that campaigns won't perform as well. And so I think there's a massive piece in building trust in working firstly with the right creators, but secondly, in giving them creative freedom because they will know what resonates with their audiences. Like these creators know more than any brand I've ever worked with their insights and what they need to do for that to resonate with their audiences. Um, and I think there's a responsibility on creators to make sure they aren't taking on campaigns where they don't truly love the products or they don't truly believe in the service because I think audiences see through it. And with that, you start to lose some of that magic trust that you built. And without the trust, you lose your value. So I think there's a responsibility on both parts there. Yeah, I love what you're saying there. And I think the two words that stuck out to me is authenticity and trust. And I think we've all seen the, the stories of people who maybe just taken the, the check, the money, uh, but don't truly, uh, they're not truly uh brand ambassadors you know they don't mm. live it. it it's not coming across as genuine enough uh, and yet we see others where it's genuinely you know they actually love the brands that they're working with and i know that you 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 look very much for that uh area the last thing i want to squeeze in about this topic though is we're we're heavily involved in artificial intelligence conversations at the moment particularly around brands and marketing and we're seeing that spill over into the content creation side and when you talk about things like trust and genuine communications and authenticity, um, it, it kind of, to me, feels like that's only going to fuel the area that you're in even more. And this requirement for genuine conversations from human to human conveying messages. Are you seeing any uptick from that? Uh, because we seem to be being bombarded by generated images and content at the moment. Just interested in your views on the AI landscape and how it impacts your area. Yeah, so I think AI is really interesting. And I think that um, there's been lots of conversation around um, virtual influencers, as an example. And I think virtual influencers are really interesting. And actually, if that's going to be the face of your brand, and it allows you to interact with people in a fun way, then that's totally fine. However, I think it plays a completely different role from a content creator where they have communities that they've fostered these relationships with over years. Um, word of mouth marketing is nothing new, it's existed since the dawn of age. Um, so, but I, I think now with socials, and particularly in the economic environment that we're in, trust is at an all time low and therefore people are looking more and more, they're being very particular in what they're spending. Cost of living is really cutting in and so, they want to be able to trust the recommendation of individuals. And I don't think that will be replaced by AI. I think there's interesting ways that we're starting to see AI come to life. For example, um, automated messages when somebody comments on an Instagram post and they're asking a question about a product. And I think that there are interesting ways there, but I think ultimately you can tell when you're getting an automated response and it loses a lot of the magic. 
all of the creators that we work with that do really well spend 80% of their time replying to comments and messages. It's not creating the content, it's fostering the relationships that they've got there. Yeah, that's great and, and very insightful. Thanks for sharing that, uh, Mel. Um, as we move on then, let's change gear a little bit. Just some quick fire questions, if I can. Be interested in your views and your opinions on this. Um, obviously, you've received advice along your career journey to date, and I'm sure that you share a lot of advice with people, uh, particularly through the business. Uh, but when I ask you the best advice you've received, or is there any advice that you find yourself sharing with people that you think is important for our audience to know, what would spring to mind? Um, I think it's not shying away from sometimes the the potential of what you could achieve. I think so often you can be scared by putting yourself out there because what happens if it fails? I think that's the number one, but also being truly authentic to yourself. So my leadership style, I don't show up and pretend to be a boss. I show up as myself. And I hope that by doing that, I allow my teams to do the same. Thank you. And uh, my next question is, you mentioned earlier that you really love what you're doing. And I think that's obvious. There's, mm -hmm. a, there's a passion, there's an expertise here. Um, but what inspires you, you know, as, as a human, as somebody running this, uh, this empire, what, where do you take your own inspiration from Mel? Um, lots of different creative sources. I would say I spend all day online researching, but it might be that it's music. It might be traditional advertising. Um, LinkedIn is really great for resources. So that's definitely another, but also I'm not one to shy away from looking at competitors and going, wait there, they're doing a really great job in this space. Um, because I think we can all learn a lot from one another. Yeah. And I suppose particularly in the, the, the influencer marketing space, it's constantly evolving and changing and relationships are growing and expanding. So keeping your finger on the pulse there, I suppose mm -hmm. is, is critical. Uh, and in terms of, your sort of horizon, how you go about planning. Are you a meticulous planner? It sounds like the work that you did at Sky had to be planned meticulously. Uh, is it different now as you're running dopamine studios? Uh, how do you work on it? Do you think about days in advance, weeks in advance? Are you planning next year, the next couple of years? What's your roadmap look like? What's on the horizon for you and dopamine studios, Mel? Um, planning has never been more important. I think as soon as you have a team and you're responsible for their livelihoods, then planning is absolutely critical. So I'm a I'm a lover of a spreadsheet. I'm not going to lie, um, but I balance that out with creativity. So there is an element of structure, but I also believe in trusting your gut because I think as soon as you get driven by margins, it's a downward spiral. And actually, sometimes you need to do what you think is right and take that leap of faith. Um, but absolutely, we have plans for the next year. I know where I want to be in five years. I think the thing that's really critical to me, and I've made this promise to all of our roster of talent, is that it's not about growth for the sake of growth's sake. Um, like we, a talent manager, will not have a really large roster of talent whereby nobody really gets service properly. That's why I want to keep it boutique so that we above and beyond anything else, give excellent service, both to our clients in terms of the talent, but also in terms of the brands, because we make their lives easier and then they're going to want to come back for more. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And look, finally, as we come to the end of our time here on this episode of the Global Discussion, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our international audience today? Uh, and secondly, and importantly, Mel, if people want to reach out and connect with you, 
or maybe uh, look at the different services that your organization provides, where's the best place to point people to? Absolutely. So I think my last point would be not to undervalue the amount of data that we have. Everyone, data is a hot topic now, but I think when you're trying to educate brands around the power of influence marketing, using that data is absolutely critical um, and that can't be underplayed. Um, and then for anyone who wants to reach out to me, please feel free to do that. Um, the website is dopaminestudios.co.uk. Uh, my email is mel at dopaminestudios.co.uk or Instagram, which is Melanie Kendlish. Well, that's great. And it, it brings us nicely uh, to the end of our time together here today on the Global Discussion. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody who's been watching or listening to this episode around the world. Make sure that you like, follow, subscribe, do everything I need you to do to help support the show. And of course, go and check out all the excellent work that Mel and the team are doing over at Dopamine Studios. But thank you, Mel, for catching up with me today. And I hope that many people join me again for some more discussions with creators and leaders and thinkers just like Mel. Thanks, man. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you.